0: Well, hello. All right. This is Leonard Angelo. Listen here. I was at a party this weekend. Uh, it was a rooftop party in Koreatown. Now, I used to live in Koreatown years ago. It's been a while. It's actually been a while since I was in L.A. proper. I live in South L.A., uh, which is its own thing, its own mess. But I got to tell you, Los Angeles is a... F- Friggin' nightmare place. It's, a, it's gross. As cities go. And I've been in some gross places in my time. I've I been around a block. I lived in this or that place. Some gross places are rural. Some gross places are urban. It, it is indiscriminate. But uh, gross is gross. And Los Angeles has become. Is continuing to become. Disgusting. Unlivably disgusting. Uh, it's a little bit like uh, I don't know. It's a little bit like uh, uh, being a, a, a tourist in a third world country where there's a resort, and you step outside of the resort for a moment, and you realize, oh my God, this country is impoverished, and we're living in a in a bubble. Uh, we're living in a in a uh, a utopian bubble. And, and there's an illusion maintained, but make no mistake, we are plop in the middle of a friggin' war zone, and this place is falling apart, and all the smiling faces that are waiting on you every day at the resort, those people gotta go home to a tenement shelter or whatever, a uh, shanty town. Uh, uh LA's becoming like that it's, it's horrible it's truly horrible and it was always horrible. Anyway Korea tells f- it, it's much the way that I remember it and, and much and uh, not in not in good shape either. A lot of the bad things I remember are worse and a lot of the good things I remember also worse. Not a great place. Los Angeles needs help, everybody. Send money. Because yeah, apparently we're not have enough. Uh, our taxes ain't paying for any, for any of the things that we actually need there. Uh, it's not working out. Now, if I were... Uh, I know a certain comedian who loves to blame the liberals for this sort of thing. I don't care. Uh, they, that's not necessarily so. It has to do with how the, the taxes are spent or whatever. And I don't know what the priorities in LA are. But they certainly are not getting it clean. But we all, I will agree with this comedian in one respect. We all got to take some responsibility for our neighborhoods. There is a, an element of, of uh, uh, carelessness in all of the L.A. neighborhoods I have ever been in. And this is back in the day as well. People don't care. This is typical of, of many rural places as well. People don't care. Cars on blocks on the lawn and whatever. And, a, and a, a pit in the backyard where people are dumping their trash. Uh, people, uh, There's always trash fires burning upstate New York, that's for sure. Trash fires. Unregulated trash fires in upstate New York. Yeah, you gotta see it to believe it. Uh, apparently they don't have fire hazard up there, who knows. Anyway... I was at a party in Koreatown. It was a rooftop party. One of those places where you can be on a roof and look down at the impoverished places below. And there was a, a, an acquaintance of mine who has been teaching, much much like myself, at a community college in, in uh, I think it was Glendale. Uh, and she said, I'm over it, man. I'm not doing this anymore. Uh, because teaching at a community... She's she's a pretty experienced teacher, Teach, taught, taught at all different kinds of places. And her experience with community college was that the skill levels were so low, and the disparity between certain students was so high, like the, the, the difference between this student and that student was so high, it made it impossible to do a, a single curriculum and, and to grade uh, fairly across the board. I, I suppose... Every time I was in an elementary school or high school and they would talk about the curve, I suppose that's what that's about. I didn't understand the curve back then because it's math. And and no thank you. But I think I understand it now. It has to do with the... the, It's it's a little bit of a socialist uh, uh, thought process. It's making sure that everyone rises... Uh, a rising tide and all of that lifts all the boats even the little the little sinking boats the little the little skips or the uh, the uh, the small fishing boats that are sinking with a slow leak you can never figure out where that leak is ah you just keep bailing it is fine I got a pump here we can pump it out a little bit This was my experience teaching at the community college last semester as well. And, and I will be returning to that, I hope, next semester. And, uh, and I want to do a better job. But this person made it pretty clear to me that, that maybe that's a standard operating procedure or a standard uh, experience. Where, uh, wherein my experience with the community college was such that the students were very unmotivated. Ah, this gets me to my point. They were unmotivated. They weren't just unskilled. They were unmotivated. And perhaps one comes from the other. I don't know. Uh, Easily frustrated. Very impatient. uh, Lack of uh, focus and uh, attention spans were very short. And I mentioned this before a hundred times. My boss... I had an evaluation. My boss at the community college head of the department uh, gave me an evaluation and an interview, we talked about how to make the semester better, and it was a good evaluation and a good interview, but I had a lot of questions about how to keep the students motivated, and what she said to me was very telling, which is, the motivated students uh, probably wouldn't be here. Because we're in a, in a place in, in history where uh, anybody... She didn't phrase it this way. I'm phrasing it this way. But she listed off a bunch of online resources that are very cheap or free. Where you can learn most of the fundamental stuff we're teaching in this field. This is a rudimentary course. Uh, without a lot of effort, really. Well, effort's there. But, the, but the, it's available to anyone. Like, you don't have to register. You don't have to go in... You don't have to sit through six-hour classes like mine. You don't have to uh, get anyone's permission to be there. You don't have to pay a lot of the time. Some of them are pay. Some of the better ones are pay, of course. But for free, like they were uh, a bunch of YouTube resources that you could find. And I've been in I've been in the, I've been in the co- compiling some of those so that I can kind of uh, see. Uh, and this leads me to my ultimate point, which is I personally have been going through these kinds of courses online so that I can see where they succeed and where uh, standard traditional teaching is failing. Um, but she put it in a way that makes it very clear to me that it isn't necessarily the class or the instructor. It's a lot of the students. Uh, if the students were motivated, she says, they wouldn't be there. They wouldn't need this. Uh, And that's an excellent point. It got me thinking, like, is that how I was? Because the equivalent of the YouTubes or the online courses back in the day were just library books. And I spent a lot of time with library books. Uh or those Walter Foster paperback books; those are amazing. Uh, I spent a lot of time with that stuff. Andrew Loomis, and George Bridgman, and uh, 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 who else were they? The guys? Here? Uh, recent, my friend of mine a few years ago turned me on to this this correspondence course. It's very famous, and now in the public domain, uh, called the Famous Artists Course which you could send away for back in the day, and you get like a, a little booklet every every month or whatever, every week, I can't remember which it is, and you do the, the exercises and you send it back. Isn't that amazing? That was the thing back in the day. I had no idea about that. If they were not mo- if they were motivated, they wouldn't be there. i I take some umbrage with that, a little bit of issue with that, perspective, although there is, I'd say it's 90% true. Here's the thing that I have mentioned before that I think bears repeating for my own uh, uh, improvement as a teacher, as an instructor. I think that correspondence courses, YouTube videos, books, and classes give you something that you can't have when you're independent, which is... uh, uh, finite limitation on the amount of information you're gonna digest at one time. <coughs> and this is where a class or a course that's been thoughtfully edited and not just some rambling guy in a car <coughs> trying to trying to rattle off wisdom at the top from off the top of his head. Uh, this is where those things are better because it's 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 a curated. I hate that word; it's an overused word, but hey, it's it fits. Uh, it's a curated amount of information, and it's and it's uh, 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 arranged artfully to uh, have the maximum impact without being overwhelming. And that's something that I have had to do planning a course, which was a new experience for me, really. Uh, something I had never had to do before, and I realized that's what books. Well, look when you when you read one instructional book or one help, self-help book that you think that covers the same topic as another, but you prefer one of them to the other, it's because that one was able to get the information to you in a way that spoke better to you, in a way that worked better with your thought process than the other one. So the information's the same, yes, but it, it comes across in a way that, that works for you. And, and that may be different for everyone. So this course may not be good for you, but another one might. The same information, different delivery, different different set of uh, editorial decisions, and you end up with a completely different course. And that's, that could be different for everybody. But that's where I take slight issue with the fact that Maybe students are motivated, you know, well, maybe they don't know where to start. Maybe they have the motivations there, but they don't know where to start. And that's the way I've always been. Because I think, I think back about all the things I missed, all the things I did have access to, as even before the internets, uh, correspondence courses, which I was unaware of, library books, which I did take advantage of, uh... Bookstores where I could have gone in and bought books or, uh, or just perused, sat in the aisle and perused. Uh, I don't know, community college courses I could have taken, independent uh, uh, community classrooms I could have taken. All of those things I could have done but didn't do. The only thing I remember actually doing is Walter Foster in the Library books. Because those are the ones that I had exposure to. So this brings us to that point. It's really about what you can be exposed to. And yes, in hindsight, I wish I was smart enough to seek out some of those other things. But I wasn't aware of them. Now, I could have been made aware of them had I been independently motivated. But finding, I don't know, I find that in life, a lot of times you just don't, have the capacity to think of a certain thing until until someone brings it up for you like and and then of course when your paradigm shifts and you suddenly are aware of that thing oh it's 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 obviously that that's how it should have done that's how I should have thought that's what I should have tried obviously that's the answer but I didn't know it at the time but my ignorance. Well, okay. So this is where uh, an instructor in a, in a in a class or a course or a, or an ad, or an advisor of some kind can give you the exposure you need to shift your paradigm, to open you up to other possibilities. And I've talked about this, before. but that I think is what I would like to do in my course moving forward. Uh, and that is the place where, uh, yeah, the students. <laughs> goodness oh bird dander my lungs are full of bird dander that is the place where I think unmotivated students won't go further but an unmotivated student or one that that is just sort of stuck in their own paradigm could be shifted by an experience or an instructor or a method of instruction that opens up a world for them that might give them a motivation they didn't have before. And hopefully that's what we're all doing as instructors. My uh, boss at the community college seemed to be insinuating that. And this, she didn't say this, but it seemed to be insinuating that. The school, the, the, the academic world at this point in history is there for the unmotivated students those who have no other options. Sort of like the Army. Navy, Air Force, or Marines is there for someone who just wants to get out of town and, 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 and travel the world. Right? I don't know what else to do with my life. This is my father's story. So I'll join the Navy. What do you mean you don't know what else to do with your life? So you join the Navy. Well, I'm 18 and it's 1957. What do you want me to do? I don't know. Something. Something other than that. Although, those bell-bottoms. I wore the hell out of those bell-bottoms in the 90s. Man, I went to an army. I went to a navy surplus. I got myself three or four pair of them, them bell-bottoms. I loved the hell out of those. I dyed them different colors. I was having a good time in the 90s, man. The 70s was a big influence in the 90s. Uh, ironically. And so, here you go. You know, funny thing about the 70s and the 90s. Uh, I remember it was uh, very uncool for a second to have a big fat collar and bell-bottom jeans. It was very uncool for a second. It's the kind of thing you would say, ah, look at that loser. Because you'd see it on old men with comb-overs. And then all of a sudden, high schoolers are doing it. It was all of a sudden. Who's responsible for that? Maybe the Black Crows. Nah, I don't know who. Fashion is funny that way. Anyway, I this is probably the last little bit of information or motivation I have to talk about this particular thing for a while. I am reevaluating my course for next semester and reevaluating how I approach it, and I'm keeping this idea in mind that the. The students may be unmotivated but it is it they need they need something to expose them to the wider world that means as an instructor you kind of got to be on top of on top of what the wider world is other methods of instruction so I've been taking online courses myself keeping myself real busy the past six months trying to uh, uh, understand uh, methods of instruction that are more contemporary that are more short term that are built for people with short attention spans. In the end, though, the work is the work. It's hard. It's hard work. There's no shortcut around that work. Students that are hoping to shortcut around the work are going to be disappointed. Uh, But there there are a lot more resources out there, and they they cater a lot more to the unmotivated than they used to. Like reading a book and following a book... uh, And trying to learn to draw from a book is a lot harder than watching someone do it in a video. Uh, The video is for the impatient. Uh, The book probably more thorough. But they both accomplish the same thing, which is to expose you to something that you're going to have to work really hard at on your own. And finding the motivation to do that, I think, has been the problem in the classroom for me. Those kids don't seem motivated. And I I am uh, tempted to say some broad thing about kids these days uh, because it's kind of true that the the phone has sapped uh, this generation's attention span away. And the the drug of the phone is another thing my boss at the the college said, that uh, she's been looking into the science of of, uh, social media, especially as it comes to pocket social media in your phone. That there's a relationship between in the brain to the to drugs or other kinds of addictions. And this one is just a socially acceptable addiction for the moment. For the time being until maybe the science shows that uh, for the developing brain it's damaging. I don't know. That sounds like a lot of old people talk that young people ain't going to like to hear. True or not, I don't know. It seems true. But I'm old. And I... You know, learning to draw from the beginning was uh, was a attention span. Hard, hard thing in, in the 90s to keep your attention on, on one thing at, at a time. My mind was wandering to ladies. Ah, constantly wandering off to thoughts of ladies. <laughs> anyway, still is to this day. Some things never change. All right. Well, this was uninteresting. Had good talk, everybody. Good talk. Um, yeah, moving forward into a new life uh, in the next few months, next few weeks actually. Holy crap! I got I got four weeks until I give notice in my work. Four weeks. Jiminy crow. That's gonna be interesting. I'm looking forward to that. And then I sh- and then I shift my paradigm again. Can't wait. Looking forward to it. Gotta save it a moment though. Keep saying can't wait, but the moment, the moment is important too. Gonna try to save it this moment. That's what these talks is about. Always been about. Okay. Well, it's Monday. Lenny Angelo. Alright? Have a good one. Who am I talking to? You ever wonder who are you talking to? Uh, you have a good day, buddy.